0: It has been an incredible semester being here with you guys, uh, week after week after week. It's so good to be in this room and sing truth tonight. Wasn't that awesome? Uh, It's good to be reminded of these comforts that we have in the midst of things that are going on in our lives. Uh, It's been a joy for me this semester studying Uh, the Gospel of Mark together, and looking specifically at the life and ministry of Jesus in the Galilee region. Uh, Hopefully you have enjoyed our journey together this semester as well. Uh, Here's what I'd like to do. I want to do a quick—we're leaving the Galilee after tonight. It breaks my heart a lot, actually. Someday we'll go there for real. Uh, But until then, we have a map, all right? So let's do a little recap, uh, reviewing some people around the lake— Up here in the north, Capernaum, Chorazin, Bethsaida, this region here is kind of the religious triangle. Mostly the religious Jews lived up here. Uh, Over here in the city of Gamla was where the zealots lived. Zealots were people who really loved God and really loved following the book so much so they were overzealous, if you will. Like they would even uphold the Torah with the sword if they needed to. Uh, So crazy people lived over here. Uh, Decapolis is where the the pagans lived, if you will, people who did not give uh, two cents at all about God or religion or the Bible or anything like that. And then over here, we have the Herodians on the west side of the lake, the Herodians, people who are like, hey, we really like Herod and Rome and like the pleasures of this world, but we're also trying to follow God, and so we're trying to, I feel like some people here might know somebody who's kind of got, I believe this thing to be true, but my life is reflected a little bit more here, right? So that'd be the Herodians. Uh, anyway, uh, let's do a quick review of Mark. Since it's the final session, right, before finals, uh, we're going to do a quick review of the Gospel of Mark so far and what we've covered this semester. Mark chapter 1, we talked about Jesus and his baptism in the Jordan River. And after he entered into the Jordan, he came out and he kind of, was this, New man with a new clear mission, uh, and we talked about how it's very similar to how the Israelites many years before entered in, entered through the Jordan River and basically in the same spot, and understood a new identity that they had as well. In Mark chapter two, Stacy talked about how four guys in the city of Capernaum, Jesus kind of began his ministry in Capernaum. These four guys tenaciously brought their friend who was paralyzed through the roof of a house, and Jesus healed the paralyzed man. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus also taught and demonstrated what was, true, what was true about the Sabbath and what the Sabbath is really all about. Mark chapter 3, Jesus calls 12 men, 12 boys, to come and follow him. And these 12 boys were very, very, very different politically, socially, religiously, in every way possible. Yet they learned to follow Jesus and they learned to get along and they learned to become one team. We talked about that in Mark chapter three. Uh, Mark chapter four, Jesus says, if anyone has ears, listen carefully to the parables about the kingdom of God. And all of these things so far have taken place up in this region here. Then Jesus and his disciples get in a boat and they cross over the Sea of Galilee over towards the Decapolis. And while they are in the boat on the lake, a huge storm comes along and Jesus calms the storm. They arrive to the other side of the lake. Jesus gets off the boat into the Decapolis, and he's met by a naked, bloody guy who's possessed by an army of demons. And Jesus gives this guy restoration and wholeness and shalom in his life. And Jesus says, go and tell all the people in your community about what I've done for you. So this guy went and told a story all over the Decapolis region is what the text says. Mark chapter 6 we, cu- we talked about the story of John the Baptist and his martyrdom uh, as a prophet of the kingdom of God. Mark chapter 6, also in or near the city of Bethsaida, Jesus fed 5,000 Jewish men, women, and 5,000 men, plus women and children, with five loaves of bread, five pita, and two fish. And there were 12 basketfuls left over. And if you were here that night, we, you know, demonstrated what that would have been like with peeling some pita bread off from a loaf. The next chapter, uh, no, not the next chapter, Mark chapter 8, a couple chapters later, Jesus in the Decapolis region again, and there's a whole crowd of people that come to him. Why does a whole crowd of people come to Jesus in the Decapolis? I think it's because the demon-possessed man went out and told his story. Anyway, Jesus arrives in the Decapolis, a whole crowd comes to him, there's 4,000 people, and Jesus feeds 4,000 Gentiles Pagans in the Decapolis region with seven loaves and a few small fish, and there were seven baskets left over. And Stacy talked that night how um, huh, look at this somebody dropped a stress ball. <laughs> Somebody's gonna need that. Um, Jesus offers a seat at the table for all people, okay? Mark chapter 8, we talked about this last week. Jesus brought his disciples up to Caesarea Philippi, which is not on this map. It would be more like up here, 25 miles north of the Sea of Galilee. At Caesarea Philippi, there was a huge worship center to the Greek god of Pan. And this was one of the darkest, ugliest places in the ancient world. And Jesus brought his disciples there and says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, even in the ugliest and darkest places in our world. We've covered a lot together in these few weeks. If you've missed one of these teachings or would like to hear one of them again sometime, I've got good news for you. You can listen to them on the internet. So on our website or on the app, you can listen to uh, any of the teachings at the well uh, after finals, obviously, right? Um, turn me to Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. If you do not have a Bible and would like one, we have some friends in the back that would love to give you one. Just go ahead and raise your hand briefly. Uh, You can also use it on your phone if you would like to. Mark chapter nine. Tonight we're gonna conclude Jesus' ministry in Galilee looking at one more story. Mark nine, starting at verse two. After six days... Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them and his clothes became radiant, intensely white as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses and they were talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let us make three tents, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. And they asked him, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? And he said to them, Elijah does come first to restore all things. And how is it written of the Son of Man that he should suffer many things and be treated with contempt? But I tell you that Elijah has come, and they did to him whatever they pleased, as it is written of him. This is the word of the Lord. This is also a little bit of a strange story, is it not? Um, This story takes place six days after the story we talked about last week with Caesarea Philippi. Jesus takes three of his closest disciples. We know that he's got 12 total, right? But he took his three closest, Peter, James, and John, and they went up on a high mountain, is what the story says. Now, traditionally, people have placed this high mountain at Mount Tabor, which is down over here. Remember, they were just at Caesarea Philippi, and then they came over here to Mount Tabor. It looks sort of like this, perfectly round, round. Mountain, if you will, elevation of about 1800 feet. It's a long standing tradition. Most scholars don't really believe that that's where it took place. Uh, most scholars would say it took place at Mount Hermon. Okay, here's Caesarea Philippi, and Mount Hermon is this mountain range up here. It looks sort of like this. They went up on a high mountain, elevation of about 9,000 feet is Mount Hermon. So when I lived over in Jerusalem for a couple years, there was a weekend where me and a couple of my friends decided, let's go exploring up north. So we went to Mount Hermon, which is a little bit interesting because Mount Hermon actually borders Lebanon to the north and Syria to the east. So we went up on Mount Hermon, me and my friend Steve and my friend Ben, and we explored for a little while. And then we got up to the top of the mountain and we read the story of the transfiguration and then we climbed down. Well, actually, we didn't just climb down. We went sledding down the hill uh, because there was enough snow up top, and we just sat on our coats and slid down the mountain. It was a good time. Anyway, that's our story. Um, but while, while they were up on the mountain, Jesus was transfigured before them. Okay? Now, transfigured is not a very common word, I don't think, in the English language. So I thought maybe a Greek word would help. Okay? So, the Greek word is metamorphao. Say it after me, metamorphao. Yeah, see, you guys are pretty good at this. You guys are gonna do fine this week, don't worry. Uh, Metamorphao means to change or transform or to transfigure. Okay, and Jesus was metamorphaoed, if you will, before them. Uh, And over the course of Jesus' ministry in the Galilee region, it seems like he continually reveals himself just a little bit at a time, right? He does this thing, he has this conversation, he performs this miracle, and little bit by little bit by little bit, he's kind of revealing just a little bit more to his disciples and to the rest of the world who he really is. But here in this moment in John, or not John, in Mark chapter nine, Peter, James, and John receive a full picture of who Jesus really is. Jesus, is like, gloves are off, right? And I'm fully revealing myself to who I really am to these three guys that night. Uh, but we already knew that they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, which is interesting, right? Peter said so at Caesarea Philippi You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Uh, but I don't know if they really knew exactly what that meant. So Jesus is revealing himself even more so to his disciples. And it changed their lives. They were metamorphosed as a result. And from this moment on, Jesus kind of left the Galilee region and he headed south towards Jerusalem where he would be crucified. And so we too are going to leave the Galilee region and next semester when we come back, we're gonna follow Jesus' journey to Jerusalem and what his life and his ministry looked like for his final couple of weeks. Um, But this story here, it was this story that was kind of the turning point for him to turn his face towards Jerusalem. Because now he has fully revealed himself, and now they really know fully who he is. Uh, And I think at this point, Jesus is a little bit more bold, a little bit more... um, uh, what's what word I'm looking for? A little bit more bold on who he is and what his mission is. And he clarifies it even more so for his disciples. And Peter, James, and John were witnesses of this grand revelation. And they went on to share this revelation with the world. I'm gonna be really short tonight. Here's what I wanna say. I think this sequence is often true for us as well. I don't think any of us, I don't know all of you, you know, really well, but I don't think any of us, when we first like encountered Jesus, we fully understood everything. I feel like for, this is true for my life anyway, every little thing just, okay, I understand him a little bit more. This next experience that I had, this next thing that I read, this next thing that I, whatever it is, a song or whatever, I I feel like we slowly but surely get to know Jesus a little bit more along our own journeys, And he reveals a little bit more of himself, and a little bit more of himself, and a little bit more of himself. And like the disciples, we hear this call from Jesus, and we follow him. And he reveals a little bit, and a little bit, and a little bit. And our hope is that Jesus revealed a little bit more of himself in some way, shape, or form to each one of us in this room This past semester. And what we want to do tonight is we just want to create space to reflect, to remember, and to celebrate the ways that God has revealed Himself just a little bit more to us this year. Uh, I want to invite the music team to come on back up. Uh, And while they do that, there are pieces of paper and pens on the side aisles. Uh, So, people on the ends, if you guys could grab those and just pass them this way. Uh, Here's a question we want you to reflect on. How has God revealed himself to you this year? How has God revealed himself to you this year? Is it through a friend? Is it through prayer, scripture, something that happened at your church, something that happened here at the well, something to do with your life group? Some sort of difficult season or obstacle that you had to overcome, some other God sighting or some other experience. It could be a million different things, a million different ways, because God reveals Himself through a variety of ways to us. It's not just through Scripture and it's not just through prayer. So, what are the ways that God has revealed Himself to you? So, here's what I want you to do Uh, finish this sentence. God revealed himself to me this year when or through dot, dot, dot. Write down like a word or a phrase or a couple of sentences if you want to. Um, Does anybody not have a piece of paper, by the way, that would really like one? Just want to make sure everybody's got something right here. Okay. Uh, We want to give you a couple minutes to think about it and write it down right now. And so the music team's going to play a song While you guys take a moment to reflect on the ways that God has revealed himself to you this year.
1: Mm. you
0: Um, here's what I want to do now. I want to take just a couple of minutes and give you an opportunity to share these ways that God has revealed himself to you with a neighbor. All right? So get in the groups of like two or three or four. And if you are able and willing and comfortable of sharing that, you don't have to. If you're like, I don't have anything and I don't want to do that, no judgment on that. Uh, But if you have something, we just want to give you an opportunity to share that with somebody next to you. So groups of two or three or four um, and just share stories of God's faithfulness. Uh, Two minutes. It was a privilege for me to join this group up here and hear stories of ways that God has revealed himself to them throughout this year. And I think it would be helpful or fun or appropriate to just take a few minutes and give you guys the opportunity to share it with the wider community. So if a handful of you guys want to come up and share briefly, just read what you wrote down on your piece of paper, say, this is the way God revealed himself to me, we would love to have a few of you come and just share it with our community tonight so we can celebrate that with you. So we'll do it for a few minutes. So if you got a story, come on up. Just We'll make a line right here, and I'll cut it off if we get too long. Say your name, and then just your story.
2: Hi, my
3: name is on. Olivia, and um, this year I decided to lead a life group with my friend Amanda and just... Every day, these girls that I get to surround myself with have just poured into me so immensely and just have made my life so much richer, and it's just been such an honor to get to lead them and spend life with them. So that's how God showed his presence to me this year. Hi, my name is Bethany. Um, I saw the Lord reveal himself to me this year. I was going through a lot of new things this semester and feeling a lot of anxiety, and it felt like it was something that was weighing on top of me a lot, and I didn't know what to do with it, and I remember the Lord. I woke up one morning, and he like spoke to me, and my heart was just like steady, which it hadn't been in a long time, and he said, daughter, there's nothing that's ever going to be too big for me to conquer in your life, for I've already conquered it on the cross for you, so... Alright, hello. My name is Whitney. Um, I saw God this semester. At the beginning of the semester, I had two classes with this girl I'd never met before, and we happened to like sit by each other both times, which was really weird, and I'm not usually the type of person to be like, hey, my name is Whitney, like the stuff like that, and for some reason I got this urge to be like, I need to meet this girl, and I ended up meeting her, and now I'm happy to say I'm going to live with her next year, and she's one of my best friends.
2: Hello, everyone. My name is Steven, and a few weeks ago, I was driving my car, and as I was going through an intersection, a car pulled out in front of me, and I had to swerve to avoid said driver and end up hitting a pole going about 50 miles per hour, and I was wearing my seatbelt, but the tightener on the seatbelt didn't tighten, and I flew over the airbag and into the windshield, Um, and I ended up shattering the windshield with my head, but through that, what could have been a really bad situation, I only came out of it with a concussion. And it's four weeks from now, And standing up here talking to you guys, going to classes, and, like, through that, God showed me that no matter what I'm going through, how good or how bad, like, He's standing by my side with me. Um, you know, Jesus died on the cross, tore the veil of the Holy Holies so that where God dwelled, so that He could be with us wherever we are, whatever we're doing. So, God really showed Himself through that with me. <laughs>
1: Hey, everyone. So
3: I'm Colin. Um, <laughs> not to go off the whole car accident thing, but um, God has shown his work in so many ways this semester. But more specifically, has been recent. I went home for a Christmas party and um, a young boy, a junior in high school from my hometown, got into a very bar- bad car accident where um, he got set, uh, hit, T-boned and he lost 90 percent of his blood and the artery that went to his heart that pumped the blood back to his heart got severed and 30 more seconds he would have died and he went into medical induced coma and has recently woken up out of that and has been able to respond with all ligaments and there's no sign of brain damage or anything and
1: (laughs) it's just great god works wonders
4: Hi, my name is Ayana. This year I found myself in a lot of new situations. I'm an RA, I'm also a life group leader, and just on my floor, I've met some really amazing people. I've had about six girls join my life group, and then I've had a lot of my guys just come and talk to me, be like, what's this about? Like, what's Jesus? Who's Jesus? How do I get involved? Which is just a really, really amazing experience to have. So he's really just broken me through that. Hi, guys. My name is Lauren, and I am on the Luke 10 team here through CM. And so one of the things that the Luke 10 team did was host Alpha, um, which find more information about that because it's really cool, and you guys should, like, spread the word about it. But um, I was just very um, unsure about what God was going to do with Alpha. I wasn't feeling really confident in it, and I was just really, I don't know, like, uneasy about it. And it was really discouraging when only a couple people showed up, and it's hard to see what God's going to do when you, like, plan something big and, like, three people show up. Um, but there was this one girl who showed up and was like, yeah, so, like, I kind of know who God is, and I've just been really interested in it, and I wanted to find, um, like, a way to learn more, and somebody in the CM community had brought her in, um, and by the end of Alpha, she had accepted Christ. So, like, <laughs> um, this semester has been so good, and, oh, I'm Hannah, by the way, um, And God has done so many cool things, and I could literally stay up here for an hour and talk about them all. One that I've really just loved to watch is God last year brought two of my friends to the well at the end of the semester. And this year they continued to come, and we're in a Bible study with two other girls. And it's been so cool to watch them, like, fully chase after Christ with all that they have. Um, And last year they weren't, like, pursuing him at all. And one of the girls I, like, went to high school with, grew up with, and, like, to see them pursuing God so hard has been such a blessing in my life. To know that I've done nothing but be there and be pursuing Christ myself. So it's been really cool to see them fully accept Christ into their life.
3: Um, hi, I'm Amanda. Um, first, sorry if I start crying. Um, I started the semester... Terribly, um, my dad was in Kuwait for work, and he had been there since the end of last semester. Um, so I was starting the semester without him. And then, um, about two weeks into the semester, my aunt was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Um, and then, sorry. Break. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> dog died Um, and like I know I'm crying because of a dog (laughs) but I've had him for 16 years and he was family and um, I know like it just felt like every week just something bad kept happening and um, God just revealed himself because I'm still here I'm finishing the semester this week thank God (laughs) (laughs) So,
1: yeah, okay, that's all. I'm
5: done. Um, Oh, it's hard to follow. (laughs) Um, So my name's Casey, and last year I fell in love with this international student from Spain, and he wasn't a Christian, and when I, and I was planning on studying abroad, like, this fall um, to Spain to see him. And in the summer, I felt really sick, and I had to, like, stop my prerequisites, which would let me go to Spain. So then he broke up with me, and I just felt like the floor was, like, taken out from under me. Um, I had to go home. I was on the couch for weeks, couldn't move because I was so sick. And um, I just felt, like, really alone because I didn't have a lot of friends at home. And I thought God was, like, punishing me because I was dating, like, someone who wasn't a Christian, And then I realized, like, if I had followed that path and, like, gone with him, like, I would have been so lost. And so God, like, just kept sending me, like, my friends. I kept, like, saying, like, are you okay? And when I finally talked to them, they were, like, all gathered around me. And he just showed me, like, how faithful he is and how faithful, like, um, all my friends are. So I'm so thankful for that.
4: Hi everyone, I'm Caitlin. Lauren and Amanda did this, so I was like, okay. Um, (laughs) So last semester was the worst semester probably of my life. Um, I was found with suicidal ideation and I almost attempted a few times. Um, So I was actually admitted to Pine Rest. um, Partial hospitalization program just to get through that and try to change. And I had no faith in myself. I was like, I'm never going to heal from this. I'm never going to be able to go a day without thinking about suicide. And it, I literally wanted to just give up, because I was like, there's no point anymore. Well, I had a couple of friends that would not give up on me. And they kept saying, Caitlin, you will get through this. You will get through this. And I, as much as I tried to fight back, they'd be like, no, you're, you're wrong. And I was like, OK. <laughs> um, So, at Penn Rest, I don't know if you guys know, but it's a um, Christian-based organization. So, I got to, like, pray while also learning about how to recover at the same time. Um, So, God really showed himself, because I wouldn't be here without it. (laughs) Um, And now, this semester has been one of the best semesters of my life, and I'm so grateful. (laughs)
0: Isn't this fun? Uh, It is a joy to hear stories of God's faithfulness within our community. Uh, If you have a story that you wrote down but you did not share it up here tonight, you can still share it with us by filling out this little form that we have on our website or on the app. We'd love to hear the stories of what God's doing uh, in your life. And we can maybe have you share them next semester or whatever. Um, Anyway, it's awesome. Let me just pray. A prayer of thanksgiving. The band can come on up. Lord, you are good and your mercies endure forever. And your love for us is unending. All of us are broken, screwed up people who have made so many mistakes in our lives and yet you love us and you chase after us. And, uh, and we are so grateful for the ways that our story gets to intersect with your story. And for the ways, Jesus, that you have revealed yourself this year, this semester, or these last few years. God, we give you thanks. We know that you are alive and well. And it is such a joy and a privilege to be part of the things that you are doing in our midst. So God, help us to not take these things for granted and so that we can stand on truth when things get hard and we can remember the ways that you showed yourself faithful to us. In seasons of joy and seasons of heartache, you are there. And we give you thanks. And so God, as we uh, enter into this week of finals, God, I pray that that we will keep our eyes and our hearts fixed on you and that we will be reminded that you are good in the midst of stress. And God, when we go home for Christmas, God, I, I pray that you will give us the courage to share stories of your faithfulness with family members. When people ask how our semester was, it's not just about our grades or something about our classes, that we will remember the things that we wrote down here in this room tonight. And that we will have the courage to share stories of your faithfulness in our lives. God, we give you thanks for you are good and your love endures forever. And we pray all these things in your name, amen.